0: Hi, welcome back to Hurt Tell. Okay, I've been wanting to talk to this guy for a while. This is the great thing about my job. I actually got on Twitter and started a radio show and podcast just so I could get all my Twitter friends on and get to meet him in real life. This be one of them. He's part of the Raspy Voice Kids, the legendary West Virginia folks. I'm happy to introduce him to you. He also does a lot of culture kind of commentary. Seasoned media professional. And although his professional life is actually going to come and play what we're talking about tonight, Brandon Phoenix, sir. Great to see you. Thank you for coming on the program.
1: Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here.
0: I am too. Look, we all saw it Monday night. It was terrible. I was actually watching it with one of my children and my household. Everybody's it, they're not even football people, and they were just sitting there wrapped for hours watching the thing. This is kind of those of us that love football, let's just be real. We do grown folk talk here. This is the worst nightmare of football fans for a long time. We've always been like, is, is this going to be the one? They haven't had anybody, you know, un, God forbid, pass away on the field since the fifties. It's always in the back of our mind, is this the paralyzed one? Is this the one that's going to be the ultimate one? Boy, it sure felt like that for a minute, and thankfully that didn't happen. What was your reaction as we watched it, though?
1: Well, as soon as I saw it, as soon as I saw him fall, I knew the man was in trouble. There was no brace. There was no break. He was just out. And when you see something like that, it becomes really apparent that it's probably a cardiac event, not a concussion. There was no wooziness. It was just gone. He lost consciousness, and so I knew it was dangerous and I knew it was serious almost immediately. It freaked me out, too.
0: Yeah, and and you've covered football for a long time. Look, I've seen paralysis on the field. I've seen broken limbs on the field. We've seen some really ugly injuries. We've seen the concussion stuff. We saw the horrible stuff with two earlier where the guy's clearly not right on the field. I've never seen anything like that, and what really hit me was the reaction to the players because, of course, they're not showing the medical stuff. When the players all walked away and turned away, And the reaction we saw, I have never seen that in any sport at all. That's when it was like, oh, God, something's up here.
1: Yeah, it was the same thing for me. A lot of these players have seen gruesome things. Like you said, you've seen displacement, um, fractures that are just insane, people's legs mangled and twisted, concussions where people are posturing and modeling. But this was different. Like you said, they immediately knew something was up that was out of the ordinary, that was in a dangerous, dangerous situation situation. And the players' emotions got the best of them. They, they had visceral reactions. And then, of course, that came through on the broadcast, and the rest of us had the same thing. It, it was a very scary moment.
0: Now, one of our things on our program is things don't happen in a vacuum. They happen in a sequence. This is one of those freak things. He got hit in the chest. His heart stopped. It's a one-in-a-million thing that happened. But we got to put it in the context of everything else we've seen. We just mentioned it. The Tua stuff this year was a bad look. We've seen in some of these bowl games now in football, some really questionable targeting headshot kind of plays in the bowl games that have gotten a lot of play. Have we just not figured out – there's a lot of safety stuff the NFL's doing, the college game's doing. We're all aware of it. Have we still not figured out how to talk about this in a productive way?
1: I don't know about talking about it because I don't know how – I don't know how you talk about it any other way than what we're doing now. It's been approached by almost every angle possible. Yeah, I've watched politicians – talk about it i've watched former athletes talk about it i've seen journalists talk about it i think there's been ang- every angle possible has been covered i really don't know that there is a more productive way to talk about it than what we're doing right now like you mentioned the safety aspect if, you know talking about what the nfl can do or what they've done and one of the things that i thought was interesting is i spoke to a person today uh, an ex football player who made the comment that you know people call football a contact sport he said no dancing is a contact sport football is a violent sport and the sooner we come to terms with that fact, and the, the sooner we're honest about that fact, uh, the, the sooner we'll be able to have even a more expansive conversation about what's happening in the game.
0: Yeah, Brandon Phoenix joining this Raspy Kid's voice podcast. Let's have that grown folk talk, though. The NFL isn't really a sport anymore. It's a cultural phenomenon. It's the biggest TV show on three networks. It With the fantasy football and now with legalized gambling going wild, the demographics are changing. It's almost you know, 50-50 male-female viewership. This game is a cultural thing beyond any other sport that we have. It's just fact. That changes how we talk about it because when it's a cultural institution, now we're dealing with stuff like do we have a responsibility to the players because the players will do whatever we ask them to do. They're getting that money. They'll put their lives on the line. They'll put their bodies on the line. When do we step in and tell a grown man that he needs to be pulled back? This is some deep human stuff, and it cuts through a lot of the cultural stuff I think that's why it gets so raw with the NFL stuff. It's such a cultural phenomenon. It starts to get into other areas of our lives, doesn't it?
1: It really does. And on top of it getting into other areas of our lives, we've all either played or know somebody who played, or we know people who play now. We talk about whether we allow our children to play. I saw a cardiologist from Texas saying that they start the kids at seven years old in full pads, and she will never let any of her four children play. Um, But we see these conversations. We see the, we have these conversations and we think about it, it's top of mind, 24-7, 365. The NFL has worked really hard. One of the things they've done really well is making making it so there's hardly any, if any, offseason. From free agencies to the draft to the actual playing of the games, they've made it so, like you said, it's a cultural phenomenon that, that is a part of every day of every American's life and beyond. Um so I just, it's just such a powerful thing. I heard somebody say too, there was another person that was talking about this and they were complaining that we don't talk about other social ills more than we're talking about Mr. Hamlin, you know, and what he experienced. And like I said, you know, as, as true as it is, he, he talked it up to a class thing, you know, a, a worshiping celebrity, worshiping fame and money. And I said, I think it's different. We watch these events live on television every week and you never see this. The average person does not see somebody getting CPR performed on them or see somebody they know or love having CPR performed on them ever in their entire life. But to have it on display on Monday Night Football for, you know, millions upon millions of people watching, thousands of people in the stands, hundreds of people on the sidelines. That's a different kind of spectacle and it's a different kind of emotion. And uh, I totally get why we are where we are with this.
0: Is it a fair criticism? Brandon Phoenix Joining us. The announcers did a good job bringing it up. One of the things that made this so jarring is this seems like a young man who really has his head on straight, came from a really tough family situation, stayed home for school, was a Pittsburgh kid, was widely recruited. No, I want to stay in Pittsburgh. I want to stay local. Did all that. It seems like a great kid, right? He seems like he's done all the right things. And that's the story that you want to tell about somebody like this. But this is the only way that story got told. And there's so many players in the NFL. That's the dream, right? You rise up from whatever your circumstances of, you get that bag, you get that money, you get that million dollar contract, you get that fame, but there's a price to pay for it. But here's the thing about it, Brandon, let's just be real for a second. I was active duty military. I knew what I was signing up for. You know, nobody made me do that. And I pay for it health wise to this day. We don't, we know our cops and our firefighters. We know our, you know, medical workers, you can pick construction workers end up crippled. Every every walk of life has some kind of risk to it. We
1: tend to apply it differently when we talk about our athletes, though. Yeah, that's a fair point. We do apply it differently. And I think part of what's happening is you're dealing with young men who feel like they're invincible. I remember my dad telling me the story about this guy he worked with who signed up to be in the military, who went to Vietnam, who said he was so excited to get over there and start shooting people, that when he and his buddy got on the ground and they're out there shooting, it wasn't until he looked to his side and realized his buddy wasn't with him anymore that the that the opposition was shooting back, and I think it happens in the military. I think it happens with athletes, where you think that you're invin, where you think you're invincible because of the testosterone, because of the youth, because of the myopic viewpoint you might have of life, uh, and then we we adopt that because not only do we watch these guys who look like superhumans, but we also haven't seen any of them go down in this fashion, and because we've watched for so long you start to think that the game is safer than what it actually is. And the truth be told, this could happen at any time to anyone. And it did in this case. Um, So, again, I understand it. Like you said, his story, DeMar Hamlin's story doesn't get told because he's not a superstar. You know, he's a a lunch pail guy. He's bring his hard hat to work kind of guy. He's a give back to the community kind of guy. But he's not the kind of guy, he's not an Aaron Rodgers, he's not a Patrick Mahomes, he's not a household name. So we're not hearing about his story until so something tragic happens. And that's that's a shame in and of itself.
0: Brandon Phoenix joining us. Let's talk about that medical response for a second, because perversely enough, he had this happen in almost the perfect spot. He's two miles from a major trauma center. They have elite level doctors literally steps away. They were on this immediately, probably saved his life. Not everybody gets that. You were talking about this on Twitter and you actually have a background on this. We were talking about it earlier on social media, CPR and AEDs. These are two things that the average person, they don't need to know anything about medicine or anything. They just need a little bit of preparation, and it really does save lives. Even an elite-level athlete with those, all those doctors and all that technology, it was the basics, AED and CPR, that probably made the difference here.
1: 100%. We always say seconds count, and they really do, especially with cardiac events like this. When your heart stops beating, that means there's no blood going to your vital organs, and the most vital organ, the brain it's the command center. If there's no if there's no blood, if there's no oxygen, you die quickly. And even if you don't die like from a medical standpoint, you can have anoxic brain injury where your the damage is done and you don't get to come back. So like you said, as as terrible as it is that he's in this position because of what he was doing, being in this position probably saved his life like you said. If he has this kind of accident from or if he has this kind of injury because of a car accident or something that happened at home, he probably doesn't have doctors right there he probably doesn't have access to a hospital right away and seconds count so the sooner you get the sooner you get the AED the better i like what you mentioned about the importance of having C, uh, knowing CPR they're teaching people now to do hands only CPR where there's no breaths involved because people are so um, people are so afraid of putting their mouth on somebody that they don't know myself included i don't blame anyone that we just teach people just use your hands only do the compressions get that heart pumping and as soon as the AED gets there, use it. And not even being familiar with an AED, they make them now so that they talk to you. Those those automatic um, external defibrillation devices talk to you. They walk you through the process so you don't have to be afraid of using them. And if you get a little bit of knowledge, it makes it even more easy because when they're talking to you, it's not the first time you're going through it. It's more of reassurance, more of uh, just following what you already know. And the more people we have that are prepared to be able to help somebody, the better. They're in malls, they're in churches, they're they're everywhere now in public spaces. And fortunately, they had one there in Cincinnati for DeMar Hamlin.
0: Yeah, Brandon Phoenix joining us. That's the good part of this reaction is people get awareness of that sort of thing. His charity. uh... Folks, if you've listened to the Heard Tell program, you've heard our friend Gabriella Hoffman, but you need to make sure you're checking out her podcast, District of Conservation, it's a podcast exploring the nuances of true conservation efforts from D.C. and beyond. From topic discussions to exclusive interviews with conservation and energy newsmakers, Gabriella keeps listeners appraised of the latest news stories while elevating important voices. Listen to District of Conservation on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are played.
2: Religion is at the intersection of our 21st century life, even if we don't express a faith. At a time when it seems that religion isn't as prevalent as it once was, it still leaves its mark everywhere. As a pastor, I know that religion isn't something I just do on a Sunday, but it's found in every nook and cranny of my life. Sexuality, politics, social media, the economy, war, nationalism, all have some kind of religious angle to them. Join me as we journey together. You can listen to Church in Maine podcast at the website org or on your favorite podcast app. I look forward to seeing you.
0: Hamlin's charity went through the roof on donations. That's a great thing. I saw a lot of good on social media last night and today. I saw a little bit of bad, though. I... I think this is a good opportunity. Look, I do a little bit of a timeline cleans on my social media when I have events like this. The people that just want to instigate, the cynical folks, the folks that just want to make an ugly point so they can turn around and apologize the next day. I think these are moments where we learn what people in our media, especially especially the commentators and the talking heads. And the, I think they tell us stuff about themselves in times like this, and we should market and learn from it and start kind of weaning those folks out. You've done media commentary for a while. You study media. I saw a lot of good, but I saw some real cynical, ugly stuff too. And I think some of that just, we just, as a people, just need to just like, no, that's over the line for this situation.
1: Yeah. So what I noticed immediately is I made a post and somebody immediately came under my post, made a comment to the tweet I made indicating some kind of conspiracy theory without saying it fully. And like you said, people tell you who they are. And the truth is, when people tell you who they are, I believe them. <laughs> don't leave it up. I don't. I don't. I don't try to analyze. I don't try to make excuses. I just listen to what they said. What you say is is what you are. Almost nine times out of ten, in my estimation, um, and I agree, man. Like I don't have time for people who want to make political points, who want to make um, themselves more important in the moment than the the person that's really experiencing the circumstance. I don't have time for any of that stuff. And so I don't put any time or energy into it. I really haven't given it much thought besides ignoring what was presented to me.
0: Yeah, Brandon Phoenix. All right, one of those things that needs to be talked about, and there's a debate whether folks want to talk about it or not, but I think we should talk about it. What they did during the game, now, I'm going to give a little grace for just the logistics of putting on something like an NFL game are a myth. people that have never been to one or been behind the scenes of an event like that. It's a lot of logistics. if If you decided in a moment to shut that thing down, it would take you twenty minutes just to make all the phone calls. So I'll give a little bit of grace on that. What do you think the league does with some situation like this? because they're going to have to address it? Obviously, safety is a huge issue with the NFL. They're spending millions and millions of dollars on it. They're doing ad campaigns about it. Where do you think they go forward with this? Not just the game, but the push for safety. Look, it's a violent sport. You're only going to make it so safe because these guys are getting bigger and stronger. If you've never been on the sideline of an NFL or high-level college game, you just do not. TV does not do justice how fast this game is. You've been on the sidelines. You know what I'm saying. You can speak on it. Where do they go with the messaging to the safety stuff? We know they can't get it completely safe, but they're gonna have to address this somehow,
1: right? Yeah, because the problem isn't so much at the highest level because these men are millionaires and they're willing to put their bodies on the line. So the problem's not the highest level, the problem is the youth level. When when mom sees a man, when a mother sees a young man collapse during an NFL game and sees his mother and his family members in the kind of frightened state they were, she's immediately thinking, am I letting my babies do this? And more and more you're hearing people say, no, they're not going to. So that's where you're going to have your first issue, the youth leagues. So the NFL has to somehow get the message out. For one, it's not important to get these kids and pads playing tackle football at such a young age. That's not, that's not necessary. Over and over again, you see uh, former NFL players who say they're not letting their kids play anything but flag football or seven on seven uh, until they're older, because it's not necessary for their development and also it's dangerous for concussions and and other things, the sooner they get that message out, the better. The sooner they get the message out that they're doing everything that they can and they're actually showing that they're doing everything everything that they can, the sooner we'll believe them. And the sooner that they stop doing things like saying, we're going to go back in five minutes, you have a five-minute break and then you're going to return to the game, the sooner they stop that, the quicker we will be to believe them that they actually care about more than just the bottom line in their product and about the individuals who are making all of this happen. Troy Vincent saying the five-minute thing, he doesn't know where that came from. It's real suspicious because they said it multiple times, they announced it from the PA. It, it, I don't believe them. I don't believe Roger Goodell. I believe that they care about the bottom line more than they care about the individuals because it's such a big machine. And. Like you said, you were talking about logistics. I think about the contract. I don't know what the deals are with advertisers. I don't know how that works when you cancel a game like that. I don't know how it works with uh, with Vegas you know, and gambling. I don't know how all that stuff works. But somebody's got to figure it out. There's got to be contingency plans. If not, this should be going forward. And they make enough money that they can pay enough people to get this figured out and ironed out so they can get their messaging and their actions in line.
0: Yeah, Brandon Phoenix joining us. I think you make an excellent point here. Obviously, the health of Hamlin's number one as we're recording this. He's still in critical condition, and our prayers are with him, obviously. Long term, as far as the game goes, I think what's going to come out of last night is we finally found the limit. We've talked about those players. They're just ingrained to you push through, you play hurt, whatever. We know where the line is now because we saw it for the first time, at least in my lifetime, on a football field where the players and the coaches said, nope, we're done. We're not playing. The coaches obviously were leading that up. The players were leading that out. They're like, no, we're not playing. That's the first time we've ever seen that. This is a collectively bargained league. This is a league with a very, very strong labor force in it. You better believe that's going to come up in collective bargaining. I think that's going to be probably long-term the most, other than this kid's health, and we hope he recovers fully. I think business-wise, Something really important happened last night because we finally saw the line. The public was with the players. The players saw it. Here and no further, we're not playing football. That's a big, big deal long term, I think.
1: You hit the nail on the head. That's a fact. That, that, we saw the line. The line was drawn. It was a hard stance that those players took. It was a courageous stance that those players and the coaches It was the right call, too, by the way. It was 100% the right call. There's no way you play. It's disrespectful to DeMar Hamlin is disrespectful to his family and it's disrespectful to those players who witnessed trauma. I saw a tweet today that said, you know, you watch them stop the game, but healthcare workers do CPR on people all the time and go right back to work. What I'll say though, is as traumatic as it is, because I work in the profession, I'm a respiratory therapist and I, I've done CPR. I can't even count how many times it's not the same as watching somebody, you know, and love being worked on. That's a different level of trauma and to expect players to go out there and compete in a game after watching someone they know and love be worked on to have his life saved that's just if there's no possible way any reasonable person any compassionate person would have asked them to do that um and so like you said it was the right call it was the courageous call and it's a call that will make a difference for years to come
0: Yeah, I think we saw a player empowerment moment last night that's going to really, really matter. Brandon Phoenix joining us. One last thing on this, and I don't want to harp on it, but I just think it's really important to bring up. We talked about how big this league is, how important it is, the money. You just mentioned Vegas. The gambling is a huge part of the NFL now. There's just no debating it. That's what set it apart from everything else. Let's just be adults here. This has to be a moment where we start putting – especially kind of my beef with fantasy football over the years. And I was one of those early guys way back in the Yahoo board days, way, way back. Right. I don't play fantasy football anymore because it was dehumanizing it for me. I'll just be real. And I'm not the only one doing that. I know lots of people do it. God bless. This has to be a moment where if we do nothing else, we have to humanize it. Yeah. They're yeah. Some of them are millionaires, but a lot of them are lunch pail guys making, you know, they're going to make decent money for five or six years and that's it. And that's all they got. And then they got to do plan B. Right. We have to find a way to humanize these players, even though they're superstars on our screen. I think that's an important thing that we all need to individually do and something the league's got to work on and something the players need to talk about. It's like, no, we're people working a
1: job. We're not cogs in a machine anymore. Yeah, I mean, that starts at home in my opinion. You know, it starts with the way I raise my children. That these men are not commodities, they're individuals, they're human beings. Um, it starts at home when I teach my son, my daughter those things, and they go out to the world and they they Uh, perpetuate that Um, because I think about how I've evolved on the, uh, on the issue of concussions. I remember being a kid, they say somebody had a concussion, he was out next week. And I would think what's wrong with his arms and his legs, you know? And then it, it took years for me to understand. And it hasn't been until probably the last 10 years where I've understood how serious concussions are. And to look at these people as people in a way that I didn't growing up. And I didn't have the connection that I have now because of what I do um, to understand that. And, it, you know, the more people like you and I talk about it in the way that we're talking about it, the better chance you'll have at it. I don't think fantasy football is going anywhere. I don't think you think that either. I, don't, I know gambling is not going anywhere. Um, but the conversations can change. And they can change people.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be more important to have those conversations the bigger and bigger this beast gets to keep the humanity in it. Brandon Phoenix, Raspy Kids Voice podcast. He also does some speakings on YouTube, does a lot of different stuff. Really appreciate your time on this. Let folks know where they can follow you. We're definitely going to have you back, my friend. Been wanting to have you on anyway. Now we got the excuse. Now we can get you in the rotation, right, as Hugs would say. Um, Let folks know where they can follow you until we see you again on Hurtel, where they can follow you, social media, what you got going on with the podcast, and where they can find you.
1: So, we, we are the Raspy Voice Kids, and you can find us at Raspy Voice Kids on everything on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, Raspy Voice Kids Podcast. It's Raspi Voice Kids at gmail.com if you want to get at us, send us questions, uh, ask us questions, whatever it may be. I personally am at I Also Hate Pit. Now, I that's on hiatus for now because of DeMar Hamlin. Of course, it's love and prayers to the Pit family. And to Damar Hamlin and his family. But I am at I also hate Pit. That's what people call me. Uh, I also hate Pitt at gmail.com if you want to get at me. And I also hate Pit on Instagram as well. So anywhere you find those, those that name and those handles, you can get a hold of me. You can get a hold of my brother who's at JNFiend. J-N-P-H-E-E-N. Fiend for Phoenix. Nothing else. And uh, we do a show typically every week. We talk about sports, but we also talk about pop culture. I say pop culture. And you guys can get on in on that whenever you want. Yeah,
0: it, it's amazing, too. And the reason, even though we do politics and culture, we have to hit sports sometimes, man, because especially something like the NFL, it crosses all those streams, the culture, the politics, economic debates, all of that. You can find it in something like the NFL and greater sports, especially with college, what's going on with that right now. Uh, it's a great podcast. They do it in a really unique and informative way. I listen to it, too. Check it out. Brandon Phoenix, thank you so much for the time, sir. Looking forward to doing it again.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, sir. Anytime. All the music on Her is provided under a creative content license from Monstercat.com.
1: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts.